All right, everybody, welcome back to Double Shot a Sports Podcast. This is Hector on mic one, on mic two, we got JP. How you doing, JP? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. A lot better now that basketball is finally underway. Yeah, basketball started up, Spurs action this week, this weekend, and we got to rest a little bit while the Cowboys had a bye week. So, uh, I, so they couldn't make the weekend worse for us by losing a game. So that, that was a plus. You could say that things they definitely made things better by the trade that occurred. I'm going to tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, yeah. So uh, those of you that don't know, the trade deadline has come and gone for 2019. It was over on the 28th at 3 Central Time for Eastern. Um, there was not much action that went on on the actual trade deadline day, but in the week leading up to it, it was pretty pretty busy. Um, the first and most important one to us, really, because it involves our team, is the Cowboys went out and got Michael Bennett from the New England Patriots. Um, we recently, a few years back, had his brother Martellus Bennett. Um, they're both super all-star players in the NFL. Martellus was a tight end. Michael, Michael usually plays on the defensive end. But we have to assume that they're going to be using him as an interior lineman to fill the void that Jack Crawford um, is leaving open for us. Now, as admittedly, as as people, I'm, I don't really favor the Bennett brothers. They're just really loud, obnoxious guys. But I guess on defense, you you kind of you kind of have to have that kind of attitude if you're if you're trying to stop another man from getting past you. Like you, you got to be arrogant. Yeah. How long ago was he um, on the Pro Bowl? When was his last Pro Bowl elect, um, selection? Michael Bennett? Yeah. Well, it wasn't. I don't think it was since he was on the Seahawks, but he hasn't had a, a prominent, prominent, like even with the with the Patriots, he didn't have a, a prominent role, which is actually why he wanted out because he wasn't getting all the playing time that he should be getting. Um, but I want to say that the last time he was with the Seahawks, he was, or the last few years that he was with the Seahawks, he was on the Pro Bowl. Feel free to fact check that, but um, yeah, but, so it's 2017. Yeah, his last year was Seattle. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, and he, I mean, he's a he's a beast on the defensive line. I, I hope it really, really bolsters us. What I don't want though is that attitude to ruin the locker room, because I feel like our guys are confident, and Michael Bennett is cocky, and there there is a there is a fine line between there, but there is a distinct difference. What is his history like? Don't tell me what like when you were talking about like attitude and like locker room stuff. Like what is, is there anything that he's done in the past? Like is is it really that toxic or is he just more of an they're, outspoken dude? Or that that's it. That's it. They're just really he, he and his brother were both really outspoken. They really don't. Which I guess to, to a certain degree is kind of respectful. Like they they don't or respectable. Like they don't really care what anybody thinks. They're gonna say what's on their mind and 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 no matter what, you're gonna hear exactly what they're thinking. But with like with the Patriots, um, he wasn't when he got traded to the Patriots. Obviously, he was happy. Anybody that gets traded to the Patriots is going to be happy. But he, in the last few months or in the last few weeks, was um, very public about his discomfort with the way that he's being used on the line over there, and that he wasn't being used enough. And he ended up having a, I guess, quarrel with. Um, I don't know if it was the the DC or the or the GM over there, the coordinator or the manager. But he he vocalized his opinions and they got into it and then shortly thereafter they traded him for 
basically nothing. We only gave up a seventh round pick, which is what makes the trade so great for us that we really didn't give up anything and we got a yeah. former pro bowler. Yeah, that's wild to me that, you know, for this much, I mean, I don't know how far off he's he's fallen off since the last time he was a pro bowler, but for a seventh round pick for him, like that's, it sounds like it was just a dump. Like New England looked at it as just getting rid of him more than like acquiring anything for him. Yeah, I th- and I think that's what it was. But New England, the Patriots organization has been notorious for that. They don't really care. I mean, it's like when they traded. I mean, the one year that, which was actually the year against Michael Bennett and the Seahawks, when instead of running it with Marshawn Lynch, uh, Pete Carroll opted to throw it. And, oh, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And I can't remember. I can't believe I can't remember his name. But, oh, Butler, Malcolm Butler saved the game for the for the Patriots and, and – uh, intercepted it on the one yard line and I think he was he was very close to being the MVP of that game like he he had a big role in that game and the next year Belichick traded him he didn't care he traded him for Brandon Cooks used Brandon Cooks for a year and then got rid of him they yeah. really it, if they are done with you or if they don't see a huge use for you they'll trade you like yeah, it doesn't they matter. really and cycle then, through guys yeah because they can because their system allows for that like look at josh gordon josh gordon is a great great receiver when he's on the field and he got hurt one more time and they just put him on ir i know know? and And then then they talk about how yeah exactly he's gonna get cut like it's it's crazy to me i mean i mean part of it too it probably makes a blow a little bit easier on them is that they got muhammad sanu now but yeah yeah so and then that was another trade that happened uh last week sanu to the patriots that does a lot for um, did we did that happen before last week's episode? I don't think it did. did I it? think it happened like the day after. Oh, okay, that does a lot for for fantasy owners because you obviously for me who owned Calvin Ridley and traded him the day before they got rid of Mohamed Sanu. Uh-huh. That sucks. <laughs> but for Pablo, who ended up getting Calvin Ridley, he's gonna get a lot more attention now. Um, Sanu, I think is is gonna be. I mean, he's gonna fit in. He won't be. He's not as good as Josh Gordon, but he'll he'll take some some distraction off of uh, Julian Edelman. What I will guarantee, though, I bet you anything, if they make it, when they make it, probably to the Super Bowl again, I guarantee they're gonna do a uh, um, one of the the jet sweep passes that the Falcons did. Because Sanu, I don't know if you ever saw that game a couple years ago. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, uh, he took a jet sweep from matt ryan and then launched like a 60 yard oh, yeah, touchdown uh-huh. pass to, to julio it was ridiculous uh-huh. uh, so that, that i guarantee that they're going to utilize him for that because in past in past appearances they have lacked in the the flash and pizzazz i guess you want to say of, uh-huh. of the trick plays um, with the Patriots, I mean, they're still undefeated. People, I mean, it's still expected that they go to the Super Bowl and should probably win it, too. If there was anything that people could knock them on was the strength of their receiver core. Do you think getting Sanu takes care of that? No, not not any more than, than Josh Gordon because he's not better than Josh Gordon. Mohamed Sanu, I think, is just... I don't want to say great value, but he's probably like Hill Country Fair Josh Gordon. Like, he's he's not... He's not as so, good so, as he was. So why are they so ready to move on from Gordon then? To be completely honest with you, I think – I hate to – I don't want to say this because I really hope it's not the case, but I think he was – they had speculations that he was going to pop again okay. on a on a test. He probably smoked or he did something, and, and they just didn't want any part of that. Um, but 
they the, the Patriots never make a move without being able to cover it somewhere else, which is why they yeah they were so eager to move on from him because they knew that the Falcons were able to trade to trade Mohamed Sanu and they really wouldn't miss a, a beat from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now um, another trade. Did they did Atlanta get anything in return and anything notable in return for Sanu? No, I think they got a fifth round pick and maybe a compensatory pick. I'm not sure, but um, and I'll, I'll look I'll look that up right now. But I'm pretty sure it was just picks. I don't think they got any players from it. But Atlanta is a dumpster fire right now, anyway. So they're really just looking towards the future. Let's see here. What do they got? Oh, they got a second round pick for him. Oh wow, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is something notable is that yeah that they get back for him. Okay. All right then. And uh, another one, another big one too that happened was um, one that I didn't. Maybe you can fill me in on this, but I didn't. I didn't understand Arizona trading for Kenyon Drake. So, David Johnson obviously is their bell cow. Um, he led the league in rushing, if I'm not mistaken, about three years ago. And he's just been riddled with, riddled with injuries since then. Um, not the least of which was two weeks ago, he, he literally ran the ball one time. Absolutely destroyed fantasy owners because he, he was in the game, ran it one time, and then sat the whole rest of the game <laughs> as Chase Edmonds rallied and threw three touchdowns down. Um but what's going on now is that his backup Edmonds is actually hurt. Uh, okay. He's hurt. He's hurt. He won't be in anymore. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's out indefinitely. I don't think they've given him a timetable yet. Um, and then the Dolphins are just tank city, so they just want to mm-hmm. get rid of whoever they can get rid of. Plus, they have uh, Kalen Balaj, who really hasn't done much, but they've been looking uh, to uh, Mark Walton a lot. And so, uh, with the the pick. And they didn't really get much for him, or at least I didn't think it was that much. It's a conditional 2020 pick that's um, going to be either a fifth or a sixth rounder. That doesn't really sound like... that's that. I mean, I know, I've noticed this trend with football trades, and I guess I just need to get used to it. But it sounds like these like players just get traded for pennies on the dollar, and that's just that's just like commonplace. I, just, I don't understand why someone of Kenyon Drake couldn't pull in more than that. Yeah, Kenyon Drake, I would have thought would at least – he's not a superstar either, but I would have thought he'd at least get a third or fourth round pick. Yeah, he's like a stu- uh, he's like just below star level. Yeah, exactly. Um, but really, I, I think it just deal- it just goes to the Dolphins are trying to unle- unload as much cap space as they can and, um, and just – they don't care, man. They really don't <laughs> care. They're going to go into next year, I think, with upwards of $110 million in cap space yeah. or something like that, like – yeah. Which is why they went out and acquired a keep to because which is another trade the the mm-hmm. Rams traded a keep to to the Dolphins uh, because they can afford him because a keep to was in the last year of his contract anyways mm-hmm. the Dolph I mean the, the Rams weren't going to want to pay him they're trying to unload yeah. um, salaries as well because they want to pay Jalen Ramsey um, so the Dolphins and I, it's funny because uh, I was talking to some of the guys from the fantasy league yesterday like it was probably like. 45 minutes before the trade happened, we were talking about how bad the Dolphins are tanking. And I told them, I was like, you got to, we have to, like, I'm assuming that they're going to go, because they have three first-round picks. I don't understand what they're going to do with all of those. Yeah, they but are loaded. If if they keep them, I'm assuming that they're going to go quarterback, O-line, and then maybe linebacker or something. But And I told the guys, I was like, they can always go out and buy defenders, which right now they they could get – Akeem Tlaib or Marcus Peters or maybe even Byron Jones. 
And then like 30, 45 minutes later, I get the notification that they went out and got a keep to leave. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's what they can always just buy. With the money that they're going to have, they can buy stars on the defense. Or I wouldn't be surprised if they bought a wide receiver either. Well, not not this year anymore, but in the offseason, um, they'll go out and get somebody that's a free agent, maybe an A.J. Green or something. Mm-hmm. But I think they're they're tanking so hard because Akeem's not even going to play this year. He's he's on injured reserve, I believe. Okay. So he, he'll he won't step foot on the gridiron this year for them. So they're just trying to build up right now for their off season and and for next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, let me see what was the other one that we forgot about. Oh, Emmanuel Sanders to the Forty ers the still undefeated Forty ers completely completely made my my game of the week look like a dumpster fire i mean it was entertaining but for the wrong reasons (laughs) yeah so oscar uh our buddy oscar melendez has a a bone to pick with you because he he texted me when he was listening to the to the podcast and he was like i'm going with jp on this one (laughs) (laughs) he was like i'm I'm putting it i'm putting the house on the panthers like i got they got this (laughs) And then he texts me and he's like, "Well, I guess the Niners are fucking for real." <laughs> like, yeah, man. Yeah, at so, this point, you gotta say that because I mean, wh- yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and it's their schedule definitely picks up from here, but like, I mean, they have a perfect record. They there's like no blotch on their performance thus far. They did what they they did what every team hopes to do, which is win every game. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I was looking at the stat. The stat right now is that. Uh, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jacoby Brissett together this year are something like twenty-two and two, or something like that. <laughs> and at one time they were all on the Patriots. That's crazy. Um, but that actually is probably the trade that's going to mean the most, um, just because they they have a great defense. They have a running back by committee, but they have a good a good committee, especially with Tevin Coleman leading the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just missing a receiver. Jimmy Garoppolo is, I don't want to say great. It's too early to say great. But he's a hes a very good um, quarterback. But he was, had nobody to throw it to. Yeah, I Go was going to ask you what your thoughts were on Garoppolo. Because I think like, I, I think it's pretty much hand in hand with questioning how legit the 49ers is. It's kind of, you can probably come up with the same answer depending on whether you think Garoppolo is legit or not. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I do. I liked, I liked Garoppolo. Um, in the two games that he backed up Tom Brady, but you still had to kind of think, okay, well, it's the system, it's Belichick. And then he comes over to San Francisco, tears his ACL, so you got to wait a little while to see. And then he's kind of winning a couple games in the beginning of the season, but then you're like, well, it's really Bosa and the defense. Yeah. And and then he's just – he's. I get that the defense – because the defense is phenomenal. They have been performing at an amazing level. Um. But you still have to have somebody to conduct that offense. They routed the Panthers fifty-one to thirteen. Like, come on, God, dude. it was yeah, crazy. It was not even a question at all. That's crazy. And, and he's, I, I, I'm a believer. I don't think that if he goes to, I think if he if he were to go to the Super Bowl and win it, I think it would be. It. I don't even want to compare him to Peyton, but it would be like the year that Peyton Manning won it with the Broncos because Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. He's a future Hall of Famer, but the defense won him that season. Like they they did all of yeah. it. Um, he was a placeholder, for lack of a better term. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo is a damn good placeholder for now. 
and and I, I think you could do a lot a lot worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just not ready to jump on his bandwagon yet. Are th- are they are they your NFC favorite now? No, still not. My NFC favorite is still the uh, New Orleans Saints. Saints, yeah, like good point. absolutely the New Orleans Saints. Uh, obviously, my ideal NFC team would be the Cowboys, <laughs> but but the New Orleans Saints look unstoppable. Yeah, and they're, they're on bye week this week, but but they look great. Yeah, those three, and then plus I think you still got to put Seattle in there, and it's it's still a. It's a really nice competition to see who's going to come out, or at least even just make it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, the and what sucks, though, is that the AFC is is so... I don't want to sound harsh, but it's it's weak. It's the, the AFC it's the is... the equivalent of the East in the NBA. Exactly, exactly. The <laughs> AFC is, is the East for us. But it's the, the NFC, whoever, whoever makes it through the NFC playoffs is still most likely going to have to face Tom Brady and the Patriots. And as weak as the AFC is, the Patriots look like the strongest team in the world right yeah, now. Yeah, seriously. Defense. But the 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 defense is is not letting anyone go. They did you see the shirts that they made, the Halloween shirts? Which ones they, what, which ones were there? The boogeyman, the boogeyman. Uh-uh, they had a, so. they had little cartoon drawings of every person on the defense, like all the starters, oh, and yeah. they were all dressed up as different boogeymen, like Mike Meyer, Michael oh, Myers, oh really, the Pennywise, whatever. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But yeah, those guys are rolling, and they're also Tom Brady's the goat, but they're also carrying the Patriots. There's some games where oh yeah, Patriots just haven't put it up, and and uh, the defense is is letting them hop on their back. They they really are taking care of business out there. But I saw a, a meme today because the Patriots are also seven and zero, but they also have really not faced much difficulty. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball, um, so I saw a meme earlier today that said if Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady make it to the Super Bowl, they'll be the first two quarterbacks who haven't played anyone. <laughs> that get there. Yeah. No. I mean, they've been. I, I can't remember if before the season started. I think they were, if not the top two, they were among the teams with like the easiest schedule. Definitely like the easiest first half schedule. And so, I mean, it's been a combination of you know just having their shit together as a team, and also, you know, taking care of business as they should. And as, and especially um, in the AFC, you know, it's a lot easier to do that in the in the AFC cuz i mean who's who would even face them in the in the conference championship like who who is going to who's going to face them in the last round to lose by 30 it's got to be either the chiefs or the ravens and right now we're going to get a really good preview this week um of of that matchup of that potential matchup but yeah. if if Pat Mahomes is healthy Tyreek Hill's healthy Travis Kelsey gets rolling it's going to be a really good rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. Yeah, they really got to be careful with Mahomes. Though. That's just that's I don't know, I don't know. There's something about I can't actually put it into words, but there's just something about the Mahomes situation that's just making me not feel right. Like I really hope that they uh, approach it very carefully. Even just it's, just it's the Madden curse, dude. It's the Madden curse. They got him. Yeah, seriously. The the best thing that happened to. The best thing that could have happened to the Chiefs this week was that the Raiders lost. And I will say once again that three for three weeks in a row, I called the Raiders and the Texans to be the game of the week, and I think it was decided by three points, and it came down to the yeah. last to the last few minutes. 
Um, so that was a really good game. But the the Chiefs, if they would have somehow pulled off that win against the Packers, they'd be in way better standing right now. Um, but since they didn't, they're happy that the Raiders still lost. The Chargers won, though. Mm-hmm. So they gotta they gotta be weary about that. Um, but as far as as far as they're concerned, as far as I'm concerned, they should keep Mahomes on the bench as long as the Raiders are losing. They should keep Mahomes on the bench as long as they can. Yeah, and I mean, and credit to them because they really did hang in there against the Packers. Like it took it took a lot from Green Bay to put them away, especially with that crazy uh, touchdown throw from Aaron Rodgers that God, it dude. looked like it should have been like a throwaway or interception, and it just he was throwing it away. I think he was throwing it away. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought that was a throwaway, and it becomes a a, a fucking touchdown. Like, how how is that even possible? He does that, dude. I hate that. He always does that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but uh, and I have to give credit too to uh, Matt Moore, who was not as disastrous as I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a train wreck, but but he held in there against Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, he did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, other than the Ravens and the Chiefs, I really don't see who's going to threaten uh, the uh, the Patriots in the Super Bowl unless the Bills. No, because the Bills should have gone out and traded for a wide receiver or a decent running back. I was so pissed that they didn't get Melvin Gordon, <laughs> but but that didn't happen. Yeah, he so, didn't. He uh, didn't get moved at all, did he? No, he didn't get moved. Uh, and there were actually rumors the day before. That it was the Bills, that the Bills were gunning mm-hmm. for him, the Bills were gunning for him, and I was like, yes, I'm going to be right. This is going to be so awesome. And then I literally sat there, just refresh, refresh, refresh on Adam Schefter's Twitter feed <laughs> all the way up until the deadline hour, and it did not happen. I was going to tell you, too, because for the Cowboys, there is a lot of chatter up until the deadline about them getting Jamal Adams from the Jets. Yeah, so that one got me, man. I was – me and – me and my coworker were sitting there in the office just heavily anticipating because then it started coming out that oh Jamal says he wants to come back home. Yeah. I didn't know he was from I didn't know he was from Dallas. Me neither, but <laughs> and uh, yeah, he wants to come back home and play for the Cowboys and I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to do it. Like they're Say going that, to they're That would have changed him. things. That would Yes, it would have absolutely <laughs> changed things. I heard and I like Jeff Heath, but I heard a stat today on I can't remember what show I was watching, but I heard a stat today that uh, Jeff Heath is ranked as the 54th most efficient safety in the league. And there's oh, there's 64 starting safeties in the league, and he's ranked oh, number 54. Yeah. So I love him, and he has been good in spurts. But that is absolutely our weakest link right now. And getting somebody like Jamal Adams would have been an immense uh, impact on the defense. However, we would have had to pay him too. He's He's due another... I think twelve million over the next two years, something like that, which isn't too much, but we have a lot of stars to pay, and that would have just given us another headache. So yeah, not only pay on his next contract, but also pay to just acquire him because I think what ended up breaking down the the trade talks was that they were only willing to trade him if the Jets were only willing to trade him if they were getting back a first and two seconds in return for him. Yeah, they wanted. We offered a first and a third, and they wanted a first and two seconds, or two firsts and a second, something like that. I don't know, but some like ridiculous price. Yeah, which he is good. He's one of the best up there right now. I think he's top five uh, safeties in the league right now. But damn, that's a lot. That's just a lot to to trade. Yeah, no, that's way too much. That the guy has to. I don't know. 
He has to be like number one, like like clearly like a guy that you get and you're like in Super Bowl contention. Like you clearly are yeah. bumped up a notch after that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially a team like the Cowboys that still has like decisions to make with like. Um, Still has salary decisions to make. I can understand a team who's already like set in their cap making a decision like that, but things are still pretty fluid in Dallas, so I don't. I don't really. I don't blame them for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm anxious to see how we do. We should be winning this game this weekend against the Giants. It is in, uh, in the Meadowlands in the winter, so I'm. I'm sure it's gonna, or fall, but I'm sure it's going to be cold up there. Yeah. But um, the. Eagles beating the Bills did not make me happy this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and the formula was there for the Bills to win. The Bills stopped the air, and the Eagles are not great when they have to turn to the ground, and they did it, and they won. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it pissed me off. There's like, is there a team more hot and cold in the league than the Eagles? Maybe the Cowboys, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Actually, other, other than that, like, and the thing is, like, usually we can skate by with. Okay, well, as long as we're right there with them, we can get in on a wild card seed. But not this year. This year, we're leading the division right now, as it is right now. We're leading the division at four and three. So, for those of you that don't know, the, there's six teams that make it into the playoffs. It's uh, one through four seed are the leaders of the divisions, and then the last two are the wild cards that have to fight to really get into the dance. Mm-hmm. So, it's the leaders. If we don't win this division, the other division leaders are the Niners at seven and zero, the Packers at seven and one, and the Saints at seven and one. But right behind the Niners are the Seahawks at six and two, and the Rams at five and three. And behind the Packers are the Vikings at six and two. Whoever wins our division is going to get in. Whoever comes in second is going to be way away from the wild card race. The the yeah. there's like four other teams ahead of us trying to get to the wild card. So we have to if we want the postseason, we have to win. This next game for sure to give us a game and a half ahead of the ahead of the Eagles because we'll hold a tiebreaker as it is right now. Um, but it's going to be a really tight race going into the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know who? Uh, let me see. We talked about Cowboys and Eagles who are constantly hot and cold. You know a mm-hmm. team who's always cold. Who I, I feel like I keep on. This is becoming my thing now, but I just think it's hilarious as to continue shitting on the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. And then Baker, did you see what he did to that at the media press conference today? Yeah, he stormed out. And Dude, just, he's losing it. He's unraveling already. Mm-hmm. Like this guy. Like, I un- they're, they're a game behind Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. <laughs> <sighs> At what point do we have to question if Mayfield is actually good or not? Are we is, is that happening now or is it? Are... I I think it's starting to happen now. Yeah, he's. But then again, I mean they they don't have they don't have the best O line. Um, I really. But this is for for as long as I can remember now. How is it not blatantly obvious that they need to clean house in the Browns organization? I'm talking. I'm not talking about promote your running back coach. To offensive coordinator and then to head coach. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, get rid of your GM. Get new people. <laughs> get, yes, just get new people who have experience and who have wins under their belt. Don't these, Especially with Baker right now because he's acting like such a child. Like, he, he needs to grow up and be mature about the situation. People are going to ask him hard questions. Yeah, and he brings it on himself by being such an asshole. It's like... 
I, like generally, I am you know very pro player, and if I think that I usually defend the player if they think that like they're being asked a stupid question and they respond with a stupid answer or something like that. But it's because of his attitude and the way that he responds to things like that is why people approach him in that way. And if he's not delivering, then it's just going to look worse and worse for him. And it's especially like storming off during a media scrum. Like that's just that just looks terrible. It looks like you know you're just you're like you're running away. Yeah, absolutely, and and he definitely brings it upon himself. The thing with him, and uh, when he got compared coming out of college by the people that I know, anyways, got compared a lot to uh, Johnny Manziel because they had the same kind of attitude. But I did not like Johnny Manziel, and I actually yeah. did like Baker Mayfield coming into the NFL because I felt like yeah, he was cocky, but he could back it up. Like he, he no matter what he was saying, he did it because he knew that he could perform, and that the latter part hasn't been happening at all this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think they, who do they play this week? Um, I can't remember who they play this week, but, but, um, they're coming off. Uh, did they come off a bye? Yeah, they just came off a bye. Um, so anyways, uh, he, he hasn't shown us really much up to now this week. They play the Broncos in Denver, so the Broncos are going to be playing with their backup quarterback because Joe Flacco also got real vocal this past weekend. God, yeah, Joe Flacco was on the completely other end of that. Just like, you're already old. You're already past it. Just like, yes. what are you doing this for, really, man? Yeah, take your licks, dude. Just go. Come on. And then he – so he talks crap about the coaching decisions. And then the next day, just coincidentally, he has got a kink in his neck and they might put – they might put him on IR. Not, they're not just benching him this week. They might put him on injured reserve oh, yeah. and not play him at all. No, yeah, he's. I, I am willing to bet that he's sitting the rest of the year. Just like you can't be someone like as average as Joe Flacco <laughs> is and call out the team like that. Like that's just n- no. No team is gonna. No team is gonna be willing to put up with that. Like if you're gonna talk shit about your own team, you better be good. You better be the best player on yes. the team. You got to be Aaron Rodgers or something. And honestly, he's right. I think what he was saying was right. Like, fuck it, man. Who cares? We're one and or we're two and five at the time. Like, nobody's gonna fucking kill us if we try and go for it and we miss it here. Like, I get that he wanted to go for it, but you don't. You that's not how you go about it. You yeah, should no. know that you're a Super Bowl champion. You're you're a Super Bowl MVP. You're a, a very experienced veteran. You should know better than to do that to throw your coaches under the bus like that. Yeah, seriously, that's something that he needed to address in-house before he goes to the media for that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Quick stat that I wanted to run by you. Just one more clown on the Browns. They <laughs> they are averaging just... Um, another thing that goes hand-in-hand hand with that was that there's also Odell Beckham complaining about the lack of, the lack of throws in his direction, and this is uh, partially... This may be partially related to that. Um, the Cleveland Browns are last in the league at the number is 7.5, and that is the number of plays per turnover. They're averaging a turnover every 7.5 plays. So they're not even making two drives. Yeah, they're, it's one and a half plays behind the Jets. Wow. And the Jets have been playing most of their year with a third-string quarterback. Yeah, it's so bizarre to me that they are this bad. It's like because I, they have so much talent on the roster. Exactly. Everybody, people thought that 
before the the hype was so strong for them in the off season that they, they thought that these were going to be this was going to be the team that challenged New England, and mm-hmm. now what what does even their playoff picture look like? I don't, Non-existent. They're two and five. They're two and five, I believe, and the Steelers are three and four, and the Ravens are way ahead of them at five and two. So, and actually, their their season is about to get a little easier, but it's still. They still have to win those games. They still have to come together and perform, get all those egos together. And honest, I mean, it might be something that just needs time for them to all mesh together, but I don't think that these egos are willing to wait. I think that Odell, if they miss playoffs like horrendously, he's going to want out. That's just the kind of person that he is. Yeah, he's having a worse year this year than he ever did in New York. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy. Like This, is, this has all the makings of a team that's ready to implode. So the Browns have the Broncos in Denver, and then they come home and play the Bills, which is going to be a tough game. But then after that, they're at home against the Steelers, at home against the Dolphins, in Pittsburgh against the Steelers, at home against the Bengals, in Arizona against the Cardinals. Their only other tough game is going to come in Week 16 against the Ravens, and then they close out against the Bengals. So don't be surprised if they come out and get another five or six wins. Mm -hmm. Um, But that still I don't think is going to be near enough to – to take over the the division and like right now they're looking at best case like eight and eight yeah possibly eight and eight exactly and and then that's not going to get them a wild card because you know the bills are going to get one of those spots uh underneath the patriots and then it's probably going to be the texans no it's definitely going to be either the texans or the colts like there's no way that i in the beginning of this season before the season started i thought that the browns had a chance to go that the Browns would go nine and seven with a chance to go ten and six, but it doesn't look like that. And I thought that they might have a chance for the playoffs, but I don't think it's it's possible at all anymore. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what what do we get, what do we got going on next? So did you win your fantasy week? I did not. <laughs> I did not either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back down to a mediocre four and four. Let me see. What am I at right now? Yeah, I'm also at four and four. Let me see. What did I? What happened last week? As uh, let me see here. Let me see what happened. Well, I had to. Um, oh shit! You know, I had um, Karrion Johnson running back from the Lions, who's now on the IR and is probably going right. to miss the rest of the year. Um, I have a uh, Matt Ryan, who I think sat against, yep. <laughs> against the Seahawks. So my choices were play either Mitch Trubisky or Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Yeah, so I went with <laughs> Tannehill, who actually did okay. He got me 19 points. But, uh, I mean, I started Odell, like I said earlier, having the worst year of his career. So didn't get me much points. Um, who else? I'm having trouble filling in my flex spot now because I had a lot of people either injured or on a bye week. So I didn't really uh, – I tried filling it in with a another running back on the Lions, uh, J.D. McKissick, but he didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. He didn't really. He only, he barely did anything at all. Just got me three points, and so overall, yeah, did not look good for me. Hope I'm hoping that next week is better now that I have some teams actually back from their bye. And yeah, and uh, you got to be careful with these these coming weeks. Like there's, I think there's one week where there's six teams that are on bye week. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm really hoping that one doesn't hit me hard because I'm hoping to, to get an easy win that week. But my I lost because Austin Eckler severely underperformed. He had a total of nine whopping points. <laughs> and uh, but the one move 
if I had any to tell you to make this week, how many people are in your league? Um, either twelve or fourteen. Twelve. Okay, in a twelve-man league, somebody probably has this guy, but he's probably sitting on their bench. Tyrell Williams had his first game back from injury uh, this week, and he's currently on ESPN leagues uh, ranked as the wide receiver thirty-three, uh, which is a are like a fringe wide receiver two. Actually, no, a, a wide receiver two. Um, but, but he's flying under the radar right now. I think because he has missed. He hasn't played since week four, so he missed three three weeks, two games. One of those was a bye week. But in his first game back, he goes three receptions for ninety one yards and a touchdown. He's got five games on the season and five touchdowns. He has literally not played a game where he doesn't score a touchdown. He's the number one receiver on the Oakland Raiders, a team that right now with the Chiefs uh, sands their star quarterback are fighting for a playoff spot. So they're going to go balls to the wall with everything. John Gruden is not going to hold back. Uh, and and Tyrell Williams looks like the guy that they're looking at every time they need to go downfield. So if you mm-hmm. could trade for him, I highly doubt that you can pick him up. I don't think he's going to be on a waiver wire. But if you can trade for him right now, buy him before he scores another touchdown this week against Detroit because that one – has has potential to be a shootout, and uh, and I like his odds to go off again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Okay, so what's your game of the week this time? My game of the week is going to be Sunday night primetime. I know this is going to be um, uh, basically a – I don't want to say it, a, a given because the Patriots are in it, but the Evans. And historically, they have not played their best football in Baltimore – However, they're going up against the new age Michael Vick. So I think I think this is going to be their <laughs> their biggest test. They haven't really played. I think their six quarterbacks that they've played, it's been like Josh Allen, Luke Falk, Baker Mayfield, like some mm-hmm. bum quarterbacks. And and now they're about to hit a stretch of six quarterbacks that have been in the league for a few years or are performing like they've been in there forever. And Lamar Jackson is their first real test at quarterback. And um and I it's going to be interesting to watch because he's very very mobile. And the the Patriots play a lot of man defense. So when they play man defense, they're following their receiver wherever they go. They don't like to play in the zone too much. But they're going to have to try and change up that scheme because the thing about man defense is since they're following their receiver, their receivers are going to go downfield. you got Hollywood Brown that's going to stretch the field, and, and he's just going to haul ass on the post routes. These cornerbacks, if they want to stick to their defense that, that has been winning the winning them games all season, they're going to go man. They're going to follow their receivers, which means they have to give their back to the quarterback. If you give your back to a guy like Lamar Jackson, he's going to go for 20 yards easy every mm-hmm. time. So are the Patriots going to – take him seriously and then change up their scheme to zone where they don't follow the receiver everywhere he goes and they keep their keep one eye on the quarterback or are they going to stick to their tried and true man defense and and and, and trust their D-line to to hold it down against the most mobile quarterback that we've seen since Michael Vick. It's going to be a really really good matchup to see. I'm not really also I mean the defense the Ravens defense has a it's pretty good. I mean I want to say it's top 8 in the league. But so Tom Brady against their defense is going to be a good matchup too. But I'm very very interested to see how how uh, the DBs handle Lamar Jackson's legs. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean, aside from that, I don't really see that many other games, really, that carry that much weight or, you know, are interesting to me for other reasons. Like, I want to watch the... I want to probably not watch this game, but I want to know how it goes between the Browns and the Broncos. Just as this is a... This this should be the barometer for Cleveland as to how terrible they are. Yeah, if they lose this, they got to just tank, just chalk it up. Yeah, yeah, and then you got a tank palooza going on between the Jets and the Dolphins. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's gonna be a toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. And then you got Sunday morning in London at eight thirty our time, Texans and Jaguars, which is probably the second most competitive game after the Patriots and Ravens game. Yeah, that's probably gonna be a pretty good one, especially because they're in the same division and they're only about a game or a game and a half apart. Yeah. Um, if Mahomes was playing, I would be really interested in the Vikings and the Chiefs. But I just think the Vikings are going to handle them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. It's kind of funny how ever since Kirk Cousins was dogged really bad in the first few weeks, he's actually rebounded really well after that. Yeah, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the <laughs> league. All you got to do is talk a little shit to him and stop the fire. And he goes off. Another game, and I did mention, the. I think the Raiders and the Lions are going to be a really high scoring uh, not really high scoring game but I think it's probably going to be 31-27 or something like that. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, yeah. I'm just so interested and I'm only highlighting the Patriots Ravens because they're two very good teams and mm-hmm. I'm really interested in seeing how they're going to handle Lamar Jackson. I think they will though. I'm going to say that the Patriots win that game uh I'll say 37 37- 31 or 37 28 something like that it's gonna be a a a pretty good game too but Mm -hmm. but um but i i hope i hope i'm wrong i hope the ravens take the game that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah unfortunately i think the same way i kind of i really really want the ravens to pull this one out but i just don't see it happening yep okay all right right, we'll see see on that we'll we'll give you guys an update on how that went down oh real quick before we move into basketball in about 35 minutes we're gonna have to update you guys next week obviously but in about 35 <laughs> minutes our houston astros are playing game seven so everybody hopefully everybody watches that uh, you're not gonna know until tomorrow morning so <laughs> i yeah. guess i guess it's kind of useless but big ups to the astros it's wild to me that every, that every game has been a road win like okay so that's that's what i wanted to talk about too so they haven't right every the the away team has won every game yeah yeah so going into or when they when they went to Washington, the Astros were down zero and two or two to zero. Um, the stat was that only three times in baseball history has the home team gone down two to zero and won the come back to win the the World Series, and the last time was in like nineteen eighty six or something like that. Yeah. So I saw that and I kind of got deflated. I was like, "Damn it, dude, it's not gonna happen!" Like only three times. It's only ever happened three times. What are the odds? Well, obviously, what are the odds? But then they come back to Houston, and as crazy as those odds were stacked against the Astros three times before it happened, never in the history of sports has it happened that there hasn't been a home win and the away team has always won and won the entire thing. So That's crazy. The odds are crazier that the Nationals will win this. Even though it's only happened three times that the Astros would win, it's never, ever in history, said that the Nationals will win this. So hopefully, the Astros take this, come uh, bring it back home, and uh, and we get to celebrate a little harder tonight. Yeah, I say, well, the odds clearly these these teams don't care about the odds. So who knows what happens tonight? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. 
Alright, so let's move it on to the NBA now, which is finally underway. And one it's it's been a really entertaining opening week. I've been a really big fan of the opening week so far. I'm getting such a kick out of seeing all these new teams like getting uh, acclimated with their new players. Like you don't really I didn't really realize how much the league really changed over the summer until I started watching games and seeing like all these different players in different places seeing all these guys needing to gel and to fit together and it's just uh you know it's just an interesting thing to see all these guys you know in different places that you're used to seeing them but uh um, yeah it's it's the the thing is and I hate to give him credit for it but the my favorite promo this season was about how order was restored to the league how <laughs> how Kawhi killed the super team and now there's order everywhere and it's kind of I mean it's true the teams are a lot more balanced now yeah yeah, and let's be real. If he went to the Lakers, we would have all been screwed. Yeah, dude. God, that would have pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. But he's not, so we digress. And, yeah. Uh, one thing that the Spurs got over the Clippers right now is that they haven't lost yet. The Spurs are one of the remaining undefeated teams. I think that they are up there with the uh, with the Wolves. The uh, Let me see here. I'm pulling it on. The Wolves, the Sixers. And that's it. It's just the Wolves, Sixers, and Spurs. The only we remaining. We may never lose again. <laughs> <laughs> Eighty-two and zero, baby. Say, Here we don't, go. Don't mean to brag, but you know, <laughs> if they uh, continue as if they continue following the statistics, then we're gonna be in an undefeated season here. So, so who did the Clippers lose to? The Suns. The Suns might. What? Not, the Suns <laughs> might not, might actually not be terrible. The Suns, really? ha- the Suns have actually, and considering that they've been going through some stuff too, because I don't know if you heard, but DeAndre Ayton was suspended twenty five games for uh, failing a drug test. Yeah, dude, have you actually sat down and looked at DeAndre Ayton? <laughs> he he's he's what twenty? Yeah, twenty something. Twenty or twenty one. He looks like he's forty six years old. I, he's the next Greg Oden. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. It, it was because I saw that. Like, I saw that that he got suspended. And I was like, "Oh damn, I, that guy was a first round pick two years ago, I think." And so I was like, "He's young." So I looked up a picture of him and I was like, "Oh my god, that that's got to be his dad." Or yeah, something. he no looks way. old as shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. He yeah, I bet like his he... birth certificate is in crayon. <laughs> <laughs> I am twelve. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like he's on his way out of the league. He looks like he's, you know, he looks like he's done some stuff. But no, he's just a sophomore player who is not going to be playing for 25 games now. But uh, they were able to hold their own against the Clippers, so that was pretty interesting. But um, going back to the Spurs, man, it has been... They've had some ups and downs in these first three games. Uh, They opened up against the Knicks, and then the Wizards, and then the Blazers. Um... But they've had ups and downs. Their defense is still looking pretty shaky. Their offense still needs time to adjust. They're turning the ball over a lot, but still managing to eke out wins. Yeah, but, they're narrow wins, but but they're wins, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so, I mean, at this point, you know, it's going to take some time to adjust, so I'll take whatever we can get. So do you think that um, it has a, the, the margin of victory has a lot to do with who would you put the shoulders on? Like, do you think that if Demar would just be consistent from start to finish, because he's been finishing pretty strongly, if I'm yeah. not, if I'm not mistaken, but he hasn't been start. I think in one game he started really badly the first half. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 been that Demar has both Demar and Aldridge have um kind of um been having off games or off halves, um, but they have been able to pull it together whenever we really needed them to. But um, the you would think that with the DeRozan and Aldridge, one of those guys would be leading the team in usage. But the it's Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray, on a on a minutes restriction, he's only average. He's only playing twenty minutes a game, and is still averaging the most usage on the team. So whenever he's on the floor, the ball is in his hands, and damn, does he look God, good! I love that. I love that, dude. God, I've been waiting so long to see this guy. He looks so good. It's unbelievable. I thought that he was just gonna be like showing flashes and gradually work up to this but this guy is already like putting up in tw- in 20 minutes putting up crazy numbers just like i can't imagine like how he's gonna look whenever they lift that restriction off of him and he plays just as much as much as they want him to and like, he wants to go man he wants to just keep going i saw in uh i was telling wallow oh b- b- by the way b- while i mentioned wallow he told me to tell you that he thinks the bulls are gonna win it all this year what the so, fuck? <laughs> yeah, uh, he was like, tell JP that I said the Bulls are going to take it all. And he was like, he's probably going to laugh in my face. And I was like, yeah, that's probably exactly what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. How fucked up was he to think that we were back in 1998? <laughs> what did that <laughs> Yeah, so write that down. Uh, Twitterverse, Wallow thinks that the Bulls are going to win. I mean, somebody's got to believe in them, so. so somebody, <laughs> right? There's got to be some kind of believer. <laughs> but um, no, so I was watching. I was talking to Wallow about it last night because I saw – that they, I didn't watch the press conference, but I saw a quote afterwards that they kind of asked him, like, if, how did he feel when he got taken out of the game? Did he feel like he still had more left? And DeJounte said that, yeah, he definitely thought that he could keep going. Like, he just wanted to keep going. But because of the minutes restriction, like, they had to pull him out. And then the uh, the reporter asked him something about, like, did he think that he should have stayed in? And he instantly was like, oh, no. I'm not that kind of person. Like, I'm not going to question the medical staff. And all I could think of was eat shit Kawhi. Like, I don't think DeJounte likes Kawhi Leonard. Because this is not the first time that I've heard him take, a, like, a low jab at him. Yeah, I, I I, don't know if it's that or if it's just, like, this is a guy who um, really... I mean, he could just be a guy that really appreciates everything that the Spurs have done for him. Like, he, he kind of does fit the mold of Kawhi. Like, he was a guy who, coming out of college, he had the athleticism, he had the defense, he had um, some things on offense that needed to be tooled, he needed to improve his jumper, he needed to improve as a, as a playmaker. And, I mean, he's kind of following along the same timeline as Kawhi, but, he, yeah, he has been, I don't know if it's a dig or not, but he definitely has been putting an emphasis on how much he loves San Antonio and wants to be here. Yeah, and because he, cause he didn't stop there. He was like, yeah, uh, this medical staff knows exactly what they're doing. They've been able to keep people on the court for decades. He's like, I would never question them. Like, I yeah. trust them fully. And I, on one part, obviously, I love that because I love how dedicated he is to the city. Um, and on the other, I also love it because I'm, I believe it to be a dig. And maybe <laughs> it's just because I'm biased, but I think he is doing it. Um, so I think – I think it was mentioned over the off season that the Spurs kind of want to push the pace more and kind of like um, have like a faster tempo this year, and I it's already showing so far. Last year they ranked twenty second in pace, and this year they are eighth right now, and I think 
a large part of that has to be because DeJounte Murray is kind of leading the offense, grabbing rebounds, and just taking off. Yeah, he's second <laughs> on the team in rebounds, right? I think something like that. Yeah, this guy's pulling. Yeah, this guy's pulling rebounds like Russell Westbrook. Like, the more that I watch him, the more that I think, like, yeah, this guy might be the next Russell Westbrook here. It's just like, and they've also they've scored one twenty, one twenty four, and one thirteen. Like they they are pushing it. They're, yeah, they're, they're putting they're up numbers. And get this, okay? So, whenever Dejounte is guarding the guy with the ball. Opponents are scoring just fifteen point four percent of the time. Wow. Yeah, he is absolutely swarming people to either get rid of the ball or miss. It's like only oh man, only fifteen percent of all possessions end up in a basket when you're facing Dejounte. That is that is something for us to be like really proud of, and that's definitely something for other teams to fear. Like. That's crazy, especially because he's he's the first line. Like he's the first line of defense. Mm-hmm. He's right up on top of the key, like, and he's already going to be pressing you. That that's something that that would be in the back of my mind going up there. Fifteen percent. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I would say that among I guess among questions that I have for the team after the first week is that uh, the two guys who have been benched that I was actually pretty surprised by were our Lonnie Walker and Damari Carroll. Like, I, re- I really want to see those guys play. And the guy who has been playing that I was really surprised by is Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles is a starter. And I was like, where the, where the hell does this guy come in? Like, this was a guy who they picked up, like, as a as a bailout because th- that was the guy they picked up after Marcus Morris reneged on his deal and they already oh, traded yeah. away Bertans. Like, they picked up Trey Lyles as the as the replacement after that whole fiasco and he didn't play much in preseason and now he's starting in the regular season which is really weird i mean i like him he's actually been like pretty decent he's been he hasn't been scoring that much but he's been more of a cleanup guy mm-hmm. but uh uh i just wonder at what point i i, I just i just want to see more of lonnie and damari carroll i think in order to see more of damari carroll you have to bench trey and in order to see Lonnie, it looks like he it looks like his competition for minutes is Marco Bellinelli. And so I think it seems like That's, on the that seems like the easier benching decision though, is to sit Marco for a while. Yeah, but I don't Pop really loves Marco. It's like he is a guy that it takes a lot for him to to go away from him because Marco is I mean, he's probably the best shooter on the team right now and it would really it, and Lonnie did play a little bit against Washington, but that was more so because Marco was really being exposed on defense. Like unless, and I think that's what it takes for Lonnie to get minutes. Like and like whenever it, whenever Marco is like being exposed and is really costing the team the game, like that's whenever Lonnie is gonna step in. I don't know how frequently it needs to happen for Lonnie to just take over his place in the rotation. Period. But yeah, he's gonna have to work for that. So now Lonnie and Damari haven't played at all, have they? Damari hasn't played at all. Lonnie has played like five minutes against Washington. So is is Damari on the bench as in a reserve position, or is he on the bench like he's eligible to come in whenever they want to put him in? No, he's on the active roster. They could put him in whenever. Um, Wow, that's even weirder then that they just haven't. Yeah, the ones that are deactivated are Luca and Keldon, who are who today were, 
yeah, who today were assigned to the G League. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's just something to look out for. I'm hoping that we see Damari and Lonnie more. I think that these are guys that can really bend. I've always been a fan of Damari Carroll, and um, he's 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 been a guy who, since back in Atlanta, I thought that I've always wanted on the Spurs. And, you know, Lonnie, I mean, he needs to, I mean, he needs the experience. And I really hope that he gets that soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm on board with that. And, and uh, we'll see who we take in tomorrow to L.A. Yeah, I know. Did you see that Kawhi, Kawhi's not going to do back-to-backs, but he's sitting out tonight against Utah and playing tomorrow against the Spurs. Yeah, you know damn well he is. He's trying to be, <laughs> he's trying to be fresh spruce goose for the Spurs. Man, I hope we go in there and, oh, I just want to beat them. <laughs> I just want DeJounte to block Kawhi at least one time. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably happen. DeJounte, I mean, he's he's everywhere, man. He's everywhere. That he guy is. that guy is something. And so a couple things that um, I wanted to talk about, too, with the Spurs, that, uh, not on the court, but uh, one was that the team guaranteed LaMarcus Aldridge's, LaMarcus's next year, which was only partially guaranteed, but they fully guaranteed it. So he's more than likely going to be on the team next year also. And um, and with DeRozan, they uh, he's eligible for an extension, but they don't seem to be on track to agree to one anytime soon. I mean, they could agree to it anytime that he wants to, or they could just resign him in free agency. But uh, I think the the difficulty has been that Demar wants more of a long term deal, and the Spurs want to keep it short. And um, I just thought that that was something interesting to watch out for because I think, um, like I had mentioned to you during the week, I think the Spurs are trying to like clear their cap so that way then twenty twenty one they could go out and get an All Star. But um, signing Demar to a long term deal would you know put a put a wrench in those plans. So. So and I want to I want to say this I want to ask you this because we talked about this um, we were texting about it when it happened them guaranteeing Lamarcus Aldridge's next year instead of extending him is it your theory that he'll only be with us next um, year not and then only gone? that year but I think the reason why they have it lined up that way was because um, the Next year, there's not that many great free agents. It's 2021 that the market will be as huge as it was like this past summer. And so I think the Spurs saw it as, you know, that was between next summer and the following summer. It's the following summer that you would want the money to spend. And so they're trying to, um, you know, fill out their salary for this year and next year. So that way, by the following summer... They're off the books, and they can choose between who they want to re-sign and who they want to get in free agency all at once. And so that way, I could see LaMarcus coming back if he's willing to take like a shorter deal or a, a lesser deal as far as like money per year goes. But I think that they would want to address that at the same time that they could get somebody of all-star caliber. Like uh, I th- the name that I had mentioned to you was Giannis, which... Um, oh, yeah. Which all depends on if Giannis agrees to the supermax with Milwaukee, but let's so say how, when when would he have to do that by next summer? So next, so right on time. Yeah. Uh. Well, next summer. No. Well, the next year, he's eligible for it. 
And the following year is whenever the Spurs have all that cap space. So next, so he he would still have one more year with Milwaukee. So next year, they can offer it to him, and whether or not he accepts it, he still has one more year with Milwaukee. So that same summer that he is a free agent would be the year that the Spurs have max cap room, and so we would be able to tell though by next summer if he wants to move on because if he, I mean, if he doesn't agree to that that's a sign that he wants to look elsewhere because, you know, that's going to be a contract like around $250, $260 million. And if he turns that down from Milwaukee, then, yeah, that means that he's starting he to think about out. moving. Yeah, that's starting. Yeah. So what do you what do you think is going to be enough to push him to not re-sign? It really depends on how Milwaukee does. Like, I don't think that Milwaukee has to win the championship, but I think that there needs to be a clear sign that they're on their way to better things, that they're on the right track. Um, I think that if they make it to the finals, maybe that'll be enough. If they make it to the conference finals, I'm not so sure. I guess it would just depend on how well they do or don't do against whoever they face, probably Philly. But I would say that if they end up around the same around the same place, if they end around the same place as they did last year, or maybe slightly worse, that he would probably opt out of that and probably consider free agency. And then at that point, the onus is on Milwaukee. Do you want to let him? Do you are you confident enough in your team? to put together a roster the following year that would make Giannis want to stay, or do you start thinking about trading him as it is so that way you can get something for him? Right, right, right. I see that. See, so we need all of you guys out there that hear this to put your hands together and throw out some good vibes for Giannis to not resign. <laughs> this guy is a superstar, and it would be magnificent to see him on the on the Spurs squad. You know who I've actually heard as a strong gunner for him if he does get to free agency? If you tell me the Clippers, I'm going to lose my shit. No. Who's that? Um, the two teams that were just in the finals, the Warriors and Raptors. Really? Yeah. Wow. The Warriors would be pretty cool. Actually, both of those teams would be pretty pretty interesting to see. You put Giannis and Pascal together, it's over. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's just going to be Milwaukee Bucks 2.0 because Pascal's going to bottom out, dude. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of the Warriors, too, man, have they been bad. They, oh, yeah. Have they won yet? They 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 won against the Pelicans. The Pelicans without Zion and Drew Holiday. And, yeah. and uh, so I don't know how much that really counts for anything. But on top of that, too, before the – I think it was – Early last week, the news broke out that Clay Thompson was probably going to be out for the year. Like, they didn't close the door on him coming back, but I, it seems like they're moving forward with the expectation that they're not going to see him. And then with a, and then with a team like the Warriors, who really got let me see here, who did it? They won against the Pelicans, and then they had two blowout losses. I think it was against the Thunder and the. Let me see. And the Clippers, they got they lost by 19 to the Clippers, and then they lost by 28 to the Thunder, and then they beat the Pelicans by 11. Um, wow, I, by 11? Yeah, I were they home? 
No, it was in New Orleans. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the Warriors are making the playoffs anymore. I don't think so. Not without Klay Thompson. If Klay Thompson's going to be out the whole year, it's going to be tough. The way that they've been playing. Did you hear what Draymond said? The they, the, the Point Blake, we fucking suck? <laughs> yeah, that basically we suck. And then they asked him about how he feels about the speculation that they might not make playoffs. And he was like, well, I mean, I guess everybody's had that feeling except for Tim Duncan. He's like, yeah, sucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I mean, fair point. And and um, I can't remember if it was the Express News or the Athletic that put out a story about Tim Duncan coaching, and it's about you know if if the Spurs don't do so well, like this would be the first time that Tim Duncan ever actually has to deal with losing. It'd be like as a coach, so people are wondering like how exactly he would adjust to that. Hopefully, he doesn't have to face that situation, but. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting to see, like, the first time he has to face, like, real, like, his strongest adversity associated with a team comes as being an assistant coach after 20-something yeah. years. Yeah, of, of being out there and actually sacrificing his body for it. Yeah, yeah, but, um, you know. I think I don't... we're still going to be good. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I think so, too. I feel like this team just needs to get their legs under them and figure out their rotations, and they'll be fine. Okay, and so, um... For teams that um, that are doing well, that I wanted to focus uh, more on, man, I, I mean, it feels like Philly was as expected to go undefeated. The Spurs, I mean, of course, we're going to think that it's not expected for them to be undefeated right now. But the next one <laughs> is Minnesota. Minnesota at 3-0. and And, man, Carl Anthony Towns has been destroying defenses man this guy is he is discovering a new level and he is on his one-on-one game is like unbeatable right now like he Dude, is- i wanted to <coughs> when you you put up on twitter last week about like your predictions for coach of the year mvp and all that stuff and i and i had retweeted it and done it done uh-huh. it with my answers and i and i even said on the episode last week that i thought Giannis was going to repeat but i i swear to you in the back of my mind, I wanted to say Cat just because they got rid of uh, Jimmy Bucket. So it's really, it's just him and Wiggins. But Wiggins really had what? Oh, and they got they picked up Jared Culver. I love Jared yeah. Culver. I hope yeah. Jared Culver ends up being really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns had a pretty good um, back end of the season after they got rid of Jimmy Butler last year. So he was already trending upwards. And honestly, I. I, I've liked him ever since he came into the league. I honestly thought that he was going to be the next uh, Tim Duncan. That's still a stretch, I think, but he's definitely trending the right way. He he is playing really well right now. After these first three games, he's averaging 32 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists. Good God. This guy, Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll win MVP, but he's got to be, at this point, he's got to be like all NBA. Because they are getting smacked up right now, though, as we te- as we speak. Are they? I haven't seen yeah, the scores they're, yet. They're, they're down 53-31 to 31 to the Sixers in the second quarter. Oh, shit. Okay. But that's not because he sucks. It's just the Sixers, yeah. we think, are going to be in the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's that. But, yeah, man, Carl Anthony Towns has been a complete monster. And, I mean, it, I mean, the rest of the team has to show it. I mean, Andrew Wiggins has already had his flashes of being really good and not so good. And, you know, the rest of the team is still, you know, kind of young, and they got to figure out who they are. Hopefully, Jarrett Culver can contribute some this year. But, um, 
I mean, I think it's still up in the air whether or not they're actual like playoff contenders, but I think Carl Anthony Towns, he if he wasn't already, he has to be in the conversation for best big man in the league. Yep, right alongside AD and who knows what Giannis is. Yeah, I, I would, I would uh, yeah, I would include him. I'd say like the top tier is to be like Towns, Davis, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. Uh, I don't really, I can't really remember who else. I'm probably forgetting somebody else that we need to put in there. But um, yeah, no, it's been um, man, it's been crazy. Just we're, we're and uh, I mean if. I have to put his name out there because he's also been really, really good to start the year. But I think if Kristaps is indeed making a full recovery, then he's going to be included in that conversation by the end of the year as well. For yeah. Dallas, who's 3-1 and one and are like living off of Luka and Kristaps, I think these are going to be the guys to take the Warriors' spot in the playoffs. The Mavs? Yeah. Wow. They're good, man. Luka... Is still doing stuff that amazes me. Like I've always been on the Luca bandwagon, and I still get like such a kick out of watching him play. He's just a really fun guy. And then Kristaps is like pulling up from the logo like he's Trey Young, except he's yeah. seven foot, except he's like over seven feet tall. And so it's like, how do you even defend that? He's three six Latvia, dude. <laughs> so so the top the top eight right now in the Western Conference are Spurs, Timberwolves, Clippers, Lakers, Mavericks, Jazz, Nuggets, and Rockets. Do you think that that's the eight that are going to make it to the playoffs? Um, almost. I think you would have to keep an eye out for Portland. Yeah, Portland, who actually did put up a good fight against the Spurs on Monday. It was it was a weird game. Did you see that whole game? No, I didn't see the whole thing, but we were down by a lot and then up by quite a bit, right? And then yeah, we ended up just barely winning. Yeah, down by nineteen, then up by nineteen, and then one by three because Lillard missed at the buzzer. It was a really, and you can't weird... count on that happening all the time. Yeah, it was a really weird game. I thought they were gonna lose that game because they just came roaring right back, and I think Lillard had like eighteen points in the fourth quarter. But um, I think um, Portland is the one team that's out of the picture right now that you still have to think about. And I would say that the, the two teams that they would be challenging are Dallas and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, I think it just – it's going to be really interesting by the end of the year. I think this is going to be another season where, like, the last week of the season will determine who gets into the playoffs and who doesn't. Yeah, I agree. That's I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And then you got in the East, the top teams right now, one, two, th- one, two three, uh, Sixers. Second, uh, I guess by conference, because of the conference record, number two is actually the Heat, and number three are the Raptors. The Heat might be really good. I, like, I, I mean, who, who is it besides Jimmy Butler? Who did They got somebody else this offseason, didn't they? Um, or we, rookie- no, we were talking about they might get Chris Paul. Um, yeah, we were talking about them being a Chris Paul candidate, but really, on the Heat, it's been um, Jimmy Butler, their rookie Tyler Hero, oh, and, yeah, yeah, that kid. and uh, their center, who I picked up on my fantasy team because I had a gut feeling that he was going to break out this year, and I'm really happy for that because he does appear to be doing so. Bam Adebayo. He's a second-year guy who didn't get 
who was uh, more of a backup last year, who is now starting because Hassan Whiteside is on the Blazers now. And he also um, played over the summer, not with the Team USA that went to China, but with the but with the practice team that uh, was uh, here in America before they left. But um, now he's been really, really good. With Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero, they've also been, I mean, and they also have, they also just have solid role players. I really like Justice Winslow. Uh, Goran Dragic has been really good. Um, they still got Kelly Olynyk. They have um, who's the other one? Uh, they have a young guy who just completely out of nowhere, who actually came from the Warriors D League team, who the Warriors could actually use pretty well right now. Uh, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn, guy who completely comes out of nowhere and is averaging like. 24 points a game right now for the Heat. I don't think that it's going to last. I think it's just, you know, he's getting a, you know, he's getting his flare up because uh Jimmy was out of the rotation for the first few games and uh Dion Waiters I don't think is with the team right now. But um I that think guy, he, I can't believe that guy's still alive, Dion Waiters. I hadn't heard his name in forever. Yeah, he, did you see he's just been like straight up talking shit about the Heat like I think he's over being there. Like I'd be really surprised if he if he suits up again for them he like he was on in he was on instagram like laughing at people saying that tyler hero was better than him and he was like someone commented that uh someone commented saying that eric spolstra needs to play him and then someone responded saying that oh yeah i would have a title too if i had coached lebron and Dwayne wade and chris bosh and uh and he liked that comment Wow. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I I don't think he's going to be in Miami much longer. No, they'll trade him. They'll trade him to the Thunder for Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, but yeah, with the I mean, the Heat have been pretty decent. I don't I don't know how long it'll last, but I do think that they are a team. I do think that they're going to make the playoffs. I do think they're going to be much better than last year, and I think they have to be in that second tier after Philly and Milwaukee. I think they're up there. Yeah, and then I mean they they're in the conference that that can that can easily be taken advantage of. If you start off hot, you gotta if you get a roll on, you have a really good shot at making playoffs in the East because I mean it's wide open for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so. Um, Unless you're I the mean, Bulls, wallow you idiot. <laughs> the Bulls who are right now fourteenth. Only ahead of the winless Pacers. <laughs> yeah, we're at one and three. Good pick, Wello. <laughs> Let me see. I'm trying to look up uh, who uh, who I have on my fantasy team who played the best out of the first week. Um, right now, it's um, do you know who is actually my two best performers from the first week. Your two favorite players, Kawhi and Pascal. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, you must have you must have such a bum team. <laughs> Man, I won this. I won this one pretty handily. I was pretty happy about that. I have a really good feeling about my team. I mean, Kristaps showed up, Devin Booker showed up, uh, of course, Dejounte Murray, and like I said, Bam Adebayo showed up. Man, John Morant. People who people need to jump thirty, on the right? Yeah, people need to jump on the Job Morant bandwagon already. This guy put up 30 points against the Nets, blocked Kyrie Irving on what would what could have been a game-winning shot. 
and then handed off the game-winning pass to Jay Crowder, who hit a three at the buzzer to win the game. And it was nuts. That was a really, really fun game. I like, I like is, that kid. I feel like he's a really good uh, fill, like replacement for uh, for Mike Conley. Yeah, he's a beast, man. He, they are really, with Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant, the Grizzlies are really in good hands. I really think that this is going to turn out well for them. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, they're still a lottery team, so I don't think that they're going to be doing much this year. But that was just really cool to see flashes of what they can do. Who is their Who is their big man now? Um, uh, well, first Jer- of all, who's their? Go ahead. I'd say, uh, aside from Jaron Jackson Jr., they got um from the Raptors, um, Jonas Valanciunas. Oh yeah, I like Valanciunas. Yeah, he's actually been pretty good. And then uh, let me see who else do they got. They got, Jay, uh, like I said, Jay Crowder, who hit the game-winning shot. They got our boy Kyle Anderson. Oh, that's right. They got slow-mo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And technically, they do have Andre Iguodala, even though he's not associated with the team right now. <laughs> true, true. We'll see what happens with that guy. Yeah. No, I don't think they're going to do much. I, they're probably really going to be back in the lottery. But it was just nice to see them put up flashes of what they can, what could be the future for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a... They got a really good uh, draft pick in John Morant, and it's a it's a good position that you can build a team around. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be a obviously a high scoring facilitator um, who can play on both sides of the ball. He'll block you and then assist the game winning shot. So uh, it, I think it's a good pick for them to to uh, to form a team around in the next maybe five years. Yeah, okay, so before we head out, um, I want to say. Okay, so over the next week, the Spurs play in L.A. against the Clippers, in San Francisco against the Warriors, at home against the Lakers, and then in Atlanta against the Hawks. What's their record going to be over the next week? Uh, Just in those four games? Yeah, yeah, until we record again. And I would say, well, I mean... Let's see. Well, let's leave the Atlanta game out of it because it actually records Tuesday night, which would would be the time that we're recording now. So let's say clip. Okay, so at the Clippers, at the Warriors, home against the Lakers. Two two and one. Two and one. Okay, so who 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 is who are they going to drop against? Who's the loss going to be against? It's tough for me because I want to <laughs> say. I want to say three and zero, but I feel like people will discredit that as being biased. Um, so if I have to pick a team for them to lose to, if I have to pick a team for them to lose to, I'm gonna say the Clippers. I don't think they lose to the to the Lakers, and I know they're not gonna lose to the Warriors. I'm gonna say they beat the Clippers, but lose to the Lakers. I would say I'm also really? gonna, I'm also gonna go two and one, but I'm gonna say their loss is gonna be against the Lakers. Wow. Uh, but uh, for the record, I would have said three and one if we get, if we included that Hawks game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right then. Um, yeah. Okay. So then by the, okay. So yeah, that's all I got on basketball. Anything else you want to add to it? Uh, no, not yet. I'm I'm just looking forward to the rest of the week of games. I, I'm really really excited to watch every Spurs game this week. Like I'm more excited this year than I have been in recent years. They're fun. They're yeah. fun. Like, yeah, I, they look like a whole new team. I love it. I mean, DeJounte is just a show by himself. 
I mean, and I've always just been a fan of watching DeRozan and Derek White and those guys. I feel like those guys are just pretty underrated to watch as like as a whole. I think those are guys that, that you know I would just enjoy watching. Yeah, DeRozan does not seem like he's slowing down, and Derek White. I gotta be honest, I like Derek White, but I didn't. I like I, f- I felt like he had that year last year because Dejounte wasn't there, but I so I wasn't like a huge believer in him. But he's, I mean, he's he's not. He's not showing any signs of regression. Like he's still going the same way that he's going. He's he just needs to get a little more confident. He he needs yeah. to just to to pull his moves with with more gusto, I guess. And does I think Demar said the same thing. But Demar does not look like he's slowing down at all. I love that. Yeah, he actually shot some threes in the preseason. I'm hoping that he's willing to pull the trigger on some in the regular season. That's for uh, DeRozan. But um, yeah, I guess I mean we'll see. Hopefully he's able to take a couple steps back and start nailing some three-pointers. And uh, hopefully we see that against one of these teams and something we can talk about next week. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Okay, well, that's all I got for this week. This has been Double Shot Sports Podcast. I'm JP, that's Hector. We'll see you next week. Go Astros. Go Astros. <laughs>